This week on the Unabated Podcast, I take a break, and instead, it's Gina Fury sitting down with Ed Miller to talk about life, sports betting, Ed's new book, and so much more. It's a great show. Let's get to it. It's unabated. That's a new word, unabated. Gina with Unabated, and today I'm talking to my friend Ed Miller. Ed Miller is a professional sports better. I think a lot of people watching this, if they're sports betters, know who Ed Miller is. He wrote the book Logic of Sports Betting, which I think is the most popular sports betting book on the market. Would you say so? I mean, I think so. <laughs> I, ch- I checked. I I refreshed the Amazon rankings like seventeen times a day. So, do you? As of this mo- no, not really. <laughs> but, but I think so. It seems pretty. Seems pretty yeah. popular. It's yeah. the most referenced sports betting book now. That's that's out. It used to be, I think, Wong's book. Um, what's Wong's book called? The Sharp Sports Betting. Is, is it, it Sharp Sports Betting? The what? The purple I so. one. I think I so. Think- I think that used to be the most referenced one, but now... For um, sure. I mean, I read that one. Right. Everybody did. Yeah. And then the logic yeah, yeah. of sports betting took Wong's place. So congratulations. Okay. See you later, Stanford Wong. <laughs> You're going to have to write Speaking another one. Stanford Wong. <laughs> um, okay. You wrote a book, Logic of Sports Betting. I it's did, great. yes. Yep. And uh, you wrote a second book. Is that correct? Yes. So it's a, I have a new book coming. This is kind of an unabated scoop. Um, <laughs> I've been working on a new book the last uh, few months with my co-author, Matt Davidow. And uh, yeah, it's coming out imminently. I would say, I mean, certainly in October is the plan. Uh, yeah. I gotta... So you gave me an advanced copy and I've been reading it and it starts out. I like how it starts out comparing the player to a hacker. Like you're just trying right. to hack the system. That's such a good analogy. I read that and I was like, okay, I, I understand what this book is going to be about when you said that. And yeah. So, so the first book was more about like, um, it was, it was the logic of sports. Editor. We, it was more about how, how markets work, how mm-hmm. the sports betting markets work, how, um, how to think about, you know, if you're seeing a, a price, there's, you know, adverse uh, selection, like in other words, if, if there's a if, if you're betting into a sports betting market and you see a price and it's sitting there that means that somebody else saw that price and passed on it right and that has meaning that a lot of people don't realize so so that's sort of the the ideas that are in the first book the this book is more about I, I call it um, how to how to beat modern sports books and by modern mm-hmm. sports books we're talking more about like the the sports book invasion of the last few years uh, I don't name any brands but y'all could probably figure out what i'm talking about mm-hmm. and uh yeah it's kind of a different animal because um instead of you know trying to navigate markets really you're navigating these huge betting menus with like thousands of options and mm-hmm. single game parlays and you know props and props and derivatives of props and in-game props and in-game this and that and alternate everything and so it's, it's kind of a different it's really a different skill set to try to win against the the what we call the modern sports book. So that we wrote another book about that whole topic. Yeah, it's a different landscape than what it was ten years ago. Yeah, know. and I feel like I feel like it's 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 kind of similar to what Unabated is uh, trying to do too. It's like I feel like Unabated is kind of uh, 
kind of kind of zooming in on the same idea, telling you, hey, how do you look at, um, you know, say alternate totals or alternate mm-hmm. spreads on one of these sites, and they got fourteen alternate spreads yeah. listed with prices on everything, and and you know, unabated is kind of like, well, how do we solve the problem of um, telling you which of those are the best bets? Are they pricing them correctly? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so forth. So the book doesn't actually talk about that. So the book is less a math book and more a book about uh, about the industry, about how how those numbers get on the website in the first place, how they're made, um, mm-hmm. you know, et cetera. So. Speaking of like big menus for like alts, we were just talking before this before this started about uh, why things like like big alternate lines could be mispriced or why right. live betting at the end of a game could be mispriced because the sample is so small because it just doesn't get there that often. Right. And you were saying that you thought about you were saying you thought about writing a book with that information, but nobody would be interested. So <laughs> right. Yeah. For like 45 minutes. We did. Yeah, we yeah. did. So, yeah. So this is sort of a modeling question, right? So uh, my background is, I mean, I built, I built the models for our mm-hmm. group. So, so we, we, I built um, football, baseball and basketball models. That's kind mm-hmm. of my background. And, um, and then we use those models on the betting side. And then we started a, a company. This is kind of why I felt uniquely qualified to write this book is that I've kind of been on both sides. I've been on the betting side with our models. Mm-hmm. And then we also have used our models to uh, price uh, a sports book menu, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why I know how kind of that works. And yeah, and and the idea is like, a lot of those prices are, are made, well, they're all made by models. So if you see you know, 25 different alternate totals for some college football game, right? <laughs> right? Well, where do those come from? They come from someone's model. Basically, somebody wrote a m- program, which is mm-hmm. basically a big math equation mm-hmm. that takes in parameters about the game, like the, the say, the, the main spread and the main total, mm-hmm. which are derived from markets. So there's markets that basically do their thing and come to the main spread and the main total. And then somebody says, okay, well, if the main spread is six and a half and the main total is 51 and a half, then what's the correct price for 66 and a half, right? You know, and that's just a math problem that somebody did. So there's several different ways to do that math problem, but none of them is very accurate. <laughs> and it, <laughs> it's, but it's, it's not kind of the point. What I understood you saying was it's not accurate because it just doesn't happen that often like, right it's hard said, it's hard to know the answer to that so there, right, the there's different approaches and now you're talking about 66 like how often is the right and 66 like- isn't even that extreme but but especially the more extreme the outcome right obviously the fewer samples there are going to be so let's say let's say your approach is so there's different ways to build a model but let's say one way is okay how am I going to answer this question? Well, I'm going to look at all the games that were roughly lined six mm-hmm. and a half and 51 and a half before. Okay, 52 mm-hmm. and a half goes in the bucket, seven and a half goes in the bucket, but like 21 and a half and 92 and a half stay out of the bucket, right? So you, so you basically create a bucket of games that you say are similar to the game you're looking at. And then you just literally just look at the results of those games and you say how many of them went over 
right. your target number, 66 and a half. How many of them went over 71? I don't know if this is how, I know Unabated has a model mm-hmm. um, that prices this stuff. I don't know how their model works, but it, it might very well work that way, right? That's mm-hmm. a very reasonable way to do it. It's, a, it's the way sports books do it and have done it for a long time. Right. Um, and the problem is that once you get further out from the middle, you get fewer and fewer samples, right? So once you get right. to the point where you're saying, well, there's only 4% of games go over whatever, 83 and a half or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Well, that's small sample. Like if you're taking four, you're taking 44% of an already subdivided subsample of all games, right? Cause you're only right. saying you're only looking at games. You're not looking at games that were lined 71 and a half. You're only looking at the, games that started 51 and a half right Mm -hmm. around there and so you end up so so the question is okay well if if four percent of the games went over 86 and a half what's the like true line right what's the true percentage i don't know could be three percent could be six percent could be eight percent no one knows it's random right you're looking at random outcomes and then you're inferring what a true percentage is from that and there's there's naturally going to be uncertainty in that process is is the point right so the further out you get mm-hmm. the less faith you can have in basically any model's answer to that question do you think i just had this thought while you were talking do you think if someone's new to sports betting or new to like originating and they're like well what what should i model what should i go after I'm guessing that you think like the alts on major books, I'm guessing you think that they're not uh, solid. They're not solid guesses. Let's say like if you have minus six and the books offering minus 19, minus 18, I'm guessing that you don't think that that's strong. Um, they're making a strong prediction, the book. I so, don't think they're making a strong prediction, but the problem is yeah. that it's hard. It's, it's the, I, I don't think they're necessarily making a strong so they're not making a strong prediction. That I could tell you. We got that. Okay. But but it's because it's kind of hard to make a strong prediction on right. that. Right. And I understand why by what you're saying, like sample size. And they market. put a hold on the market, right? So right. it's like not only do you have to make a better prediction than them consistently. Right. But like you have to make a substantially better prediction so that you're beating the hold. Beating the hold, right? Right, which is like it gets dicey when you're, when you're, w- whenever you're in a situation where you're not sure and they're not sure, it it it's you it, sure. it's hard to tell if you're beating the hold sometimes, you know. So, so yeah. that's not something in my mind. I'm thinking, oh, somebody should go after that. Somebody really smart. <laughs> should focus on these alts because the book is probably putting out bad lines. Maybe somebody It could be garbage. That they, right. that's the other thing is they they could so some of the books will will genuinely try to do a good job of that. And they'll have smart people with math degrees, you know, building equations. They didn't get them off to answer the this question. They have math degrees. Right. They do. They they have to have math. Not off Twitter. They have math. No, Twitter. no, no. Correct. All right, keep going. And um, other books, no. <laughs> <laughs> they get them off the street. <laughs> yeah, they 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 yes, correct. They, they make some they good their tweets. They're off like the this guy. That's what they do. This That's guy knows what, what he's talking about. So. Yeah, so some books for sure do, and this is true for for all of these like 
props, everything mm-hmm. that's like, I mean, you know, if you look at a modern sportsbook menu, right, mm-hmm. there's only like a few of those prices that are actually made by a market, right? Like if you look at a college football game, for instance, mm-hmm. right, the, the main point spread, the main money line, the main total, some first half lines, um, maybe a prop in there. That's it, basically. So that's basically all there's any market for. The major markets. You're, um... That's it. There's no, there's, there's literally no more. Like, there's no, like, when people think of the betting market, where they think of, like, sharp people, like, with opinions that mm-hmm. have models. And, like, that's a real thing. But, like, like it's, it's less of a real thing than I think some people think it is. Like, it's real for sure. There's actu- there's real people that do this. But these markets are not as big as I think a lot of people think they are, and there aren't as many players in them, I think, as a lot of people think there are. You mean there aren't as many players in... Like, there aren't that many groups, like, actively right. participating in these markets. Right. Syndicates or... or yeah, the... syndicates or whatever you want to call it, right? Okay. There's not that many independent, independent people who are actually work at the stuff and have opinions out. Especially for something like college football. College football is a perfect example of a mm-hmm. sport where, I mean, nobody outside the United States pays any attention to college football at all. Right. Like, it's just not a thing. It, like, right. NFL is. Like, in, in England, like, there are betting groups mm-hmm. of people from the UK that bet on NFL. To mm-hmm. my knowledge, not really a thing with college football. It's just purely an American thing. And there just there just aren't that many these groups so these markets i call them illiquid they're shallow Mm -hmm. there's just not that many participants and um and so for college football there's only like only the biggest you know again point spread total money line Mm -hmm. first half total point spread money line that's what there's a market for where people are actually betting back and forth on moderate opinions if you go to a sports book and you see 300 bets on a Notre Dame Navy game or whatever. Mm-hmm. 294 of those lines are made by somebody's model. Like right. it's just somebody's math equation that makes those lines. They're not, there's no market forces behind any of that for most of it. So what do you think? I know, I know the advice is if you want to beat something, if you want to get into modeling or da da da, you want to beat something, find something that is a, a small market where other people, like NFL is too efficient. There's too many people. Go for, I'm not going to say table tennis, but go for a smaller, a smaller market where uh, you don't have, I guess, a lot of competition where where the book has lower limits, so they're not putting all their efforts into that market. Is that fair? Do you understand what I'm so, saying? So. So it's true if you want to bet into the market stuff. So again, there's like, there's, there's, so if you want to bet a college football point spread, okay, game, full game point spread, that's a market, right? And so there's people betting in the market making sports books that make that point spread, right? If you want to bet on a college football alternate point spread, yeah. That's, that's a not a market. That's that is somebody's somebody math equation. Okay. All right. right. I, under, I understand. Right. And so, I don't so, think it's I don't think it's reasonable to assume that the math equations are better in the in the bigger sports. They are a little bit, but it's not like the NFL point spreads. You're not going to beat that. 
like on Sunday morning, like a full game. And if that's a market that's liquid enough, like, I'm sorry, unabated viewer, <laughs> but you're, you're just not going to beat that. You're just okay. not like if you're yeah. betting, you know, Rams minus four and a half on Sunday morning, mm-hmm. like you lose. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. You just Thank do. You for being honest. No, I, under, I, mean, I understand what right? you're saying. But yeah. why and why do you lose? It's because that that is one of the most liquid markets that American sports betters bet. Mm-hmm. There are a substantial number of smart participants. There's a lot of money mm-hmm. in that market. And so that four and a half is there. It's not five and a half and it's not three and a half because the smart people with money who pour enormous amounts of effort into this mm-hmm. bet plus five and a half if mm-hmm. they get that and they bet minus three and a half if they get that that's why it's four and a half so right. there's it, it so it is where it is because smart people have put it there right like right. A, like a, a diverse collection of smart people independently acting smart people have put it there right but then right. if you go to a sports book and on the very same game you see an alternate spread of minus 10 and a half. Mm-hmm. No independent smart people have made that price for minus 10 and a half. That is one person's equation. So I guess that's that. what I was getting at. So yes. if you want to beat NFL, you're just, your dream in life is to beat NFL. I'm going right. to be NFL. You should focus on like the alt lines. I would start on everything except for the major markets. First. Right. And, and in fact, I think in play is a perfect opportunity. Right. Which like, is another, I, we even yeah. mentioned this in the book because I, you know, I kind of said like, w- what would I focus on? Like, I think in play NFL is a fantastic thing to focus on. on in the and, big books, you think right yes, now? In the yes. Last, yeah. Why? Because A, it's the biggest American sport. It is. Mm-hmm. It, so, so the question is, there's two, there's two questions about betting in these, the, the what we call modern sports books, right? Question one is, how do I find bets that I can win at, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out a lot of these math equations aren't so great. Once you get used to picking them apart, you can find winning bets all over the place. There's winning bets all over this book, but they restrict you. If you if you bet too many right. of the winning bets, they'll just kick you out, right? So the second question is, well, how do I bet this stuff without them? kicking me out i think nfl in play is a pretty good option for that because that's what they want you to bet like that, that is like, like they're pushing like, that. this is not wnba halftime right, right? like yeah. right like if you bet <laughs> wnba halftime if you yeah. beat the crap out of them on w yeah. wnba halftimes they're going to be like we don't want that person and they're going to kick you out right but right. if you bet but in play NFL is exactly what they want you betting. Right. That's what they want you betting. Right. And and they do just enough work on it that they have they don't have any faith in their WNBA second half lines, right? They're, they're putting it up because it's a service. Like they want to put lines up on everything, but they don't have any like courage of their conviction <laughs> in their yeah, in their is, in their WNBA second half lines. Which right? is why a reason that sports Books won't let you bet a lot on like WNBA second half. Let's say right. the limits are a lot lower because that's game protection. Like that's what casinos. Yeah, they do. know. I mean, yeah, that's exactly what casinos do when they have a game that they're not sure they could protect, like a carnival right. game, and they're not right. really sure. They'll make the limit fifty dollars, and that's their right. game protection. And so it's the same thing happens with the sports books. But you take NFL and the limits. I don't know what so, I don't know what live limits. So are. they're not going to be. The point is. 
every major modern sports book wants you betting in play NFL for sure. And that is a marquee product for them. Yeah. And so over and 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 there's the current state of what it is this season. Mm-hmm. But every season going forward from now, you're gonna see those limits go up. You're gonna see books more tolerant of action. That is what they want you to bet mm-hmm. is that in play NFL. Now, on the other hand, NFL is a very difficult sport to model. That's extremely tricky, especially in the fourth quarter, because every every different lead is has is different for how the teams play strategically, right? Like it's a big difference if a team is down by nine points versus ten or eleven or twelve. Mm-hmm. They're, they're they play differently. Like a a team that's down ten points will call different plays and behave right. much differently than a team that's down 12 points much differently right yeah. because they're down by a field goal and a touchdown rather than needing two touchdowns so, and so yeah no go ahead go ahead and it's just very tricky to model all that stuff and then and then and then there's some of these situations where the teams so in some of these situations teams are all the same like if you're down by 12 points mm-hmm. and you've got the ball with 10 minutes left well you're in your score a touchdown or else offense, right? Mm-hmm. Like you just, you have to score a touchdown. Right. You're in that offense that's going to get the ball down the field the fastest and maximize your chance. You know, the, the, the trade-off for the score of the touchdown or else offense is that you throw interceptions and you, you know, like you, you sometimes it blows up in your face and you just lose, right? So every NFL team is going to play that way down 12. They're not all going to play the same way down 10. They're also not all going to make the same fourth down decisions down 10 or down 11, right? So it's just tricky. And so if this is a sport that you're like, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna get good at understanding how all the coaches are going to behave in the fourth quarter in various situations. I'm going to learn all 32 head coaches. Mm-hmm. I'm going to learn the strengths and weaknesses of all 32 quarterbacks in the okay. league, right? I'm going to, I'm going to understand their 10. Oh, this team is going to be more aggressive on fourth downs in this situation. This team is going to be less aggressive on fourth downs. This guy's going to punt like you're going to smash your head in because he punts because he's an idiot, right? So, like, once you get to know all the team, like, this is something where you can get to know all the coaches, all the quarterbacks, and have opinions that are correct and are better than the model. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And while you're saying this, I'm wondering, it would be harder to model college football or you would just put more emphasis on the coaches college football is a nightmare to model right so, so it gives the better a huge opportunity that's, because, what, that's what i'm saying yes college football, is a, college football is the most vulnerable i think the most vulnerable american sport today and going forward like it's a it, it, the same thing i just said about nfl also applies to college football they want you been in college football not as much as NFL, because they because they're not nearly they don't they're not as arrogant about where they are. That I mean, arrogant. I'd, I'd be nice to them. They 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 have less confidence in in what they have for right. college football than what they have for NFL for good reason, mm-hmm. for several reasons and for good reason. But it's a it's a very tricky sport. There's there's so much variance in how the teams play. There's so many different situations that could come up in the fourth quarters, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, I mean, it's you can find enormous edges. There's a there's an example I give in the book. I was watching. Uh, I was I 
I know this example because I was actually doing the game for our company. Mm -hmm. Um, during I didn't I didn't normally trade. I was normally the nerd who <laughs> wrote that, code. That but I didn't I didn't I didn't corner. trade most of the games, but I traded some, especially, you know, and, and so this was the game I was trading, and it was Georgia and Tennessee. Okay. And Georgia was a big favorite in the game, and they were ahead by they were going to win. They were the game was over essentially. Um, Georgia had the ball, but it was there was still like eight or nine minutes left. Georgia had the ball and they were driving, and one of the biggest sports books in the country mm. still had their in-play lines up, and you could basically bet on is Georgia going to score this drive or not. That was basically the bet. So think about the situation. Georgia's up by three scores. Mm. Georgia's driving at the ball. They're clearly the better team. Mm. They're on like the forty-yard line. Okay, like the Tennessee 40. Mm -hmm. And then the question is, is Georgia going to score on this drive or not? And <laughs> that's a really complicated question. Is Georgia going to try to score? They might right. not try to score. And they might, they might try to score, like hard. They might kick a field goal. They might not kick a field goal. They might just go four downs no matter what. Mm -hmm. in that situation so there's all these things that they could do and the model the model's opinion was georgia's gonna play their normal offense and try to score a touchdown that was what the that was what the main sports book that was their bet mm -hmm. so it was like they had georgia at like 85 percent to score i i i don't think i have the time right because we made it like 25 percent so we oh, thought made georgia, we you made it 25 percent okay and the book had it 80 percent Okay. Now, one of us was wrong. <laughs> Clearly. Was very wrong. Right? Yeah. I mean, I obviously I thought our number was closer right. than eight. I thought 80 was. And crazy. then they scored. And then you. They didn't. They did not score. They didn't score. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, obviously I thought our number was better, but our number was just, I mean, this was me running my model that I built. Uh, this is the to the point mm -hmm. this is just my opinion i mean right. we i don't remember if we were we had lines up at sports books that day or not i don't remember where that was in our business's evolution but we very well could have had that line up at a sports book where you could have bet it right very well and what is that line that line is ed miller's opinion full stop that is mm -hmm. the math computer program that i wrote spitting out a number me looking at that number and saying, yeah, I came up with a good number and hitting publish. That is all that number is. So if you think I'm an idiot, and I very well could be, you could beat that number, right? Whereas, whereas, you know, and, and my point was, I think the number I made is better than this number that, that this other multi-billion dollar company made. Right. Right. And like you said, the sample size is small. How often do you get into that position we're all guessing we're all guessing my point was i don't even think they're guessing i don't think they're even aware that of the assumptions their model was making there does that make sense the distinction there just have an equation and it's just like yeah out like, and i had an opinion in that moment watching that game that georgia wasn't really going to try to score Right. Because I was actually watching the game. I didn't think their 80% number actually reflected anyone watching the game and having an opinion. But I when thought it was just your, the output of someone's computer program. When you were making your opinion, when you're trading, you're not going based on your, your opinion at that moment. Like you have 
the math behind this. Were you trading and you, and it's your business, so you could do this and you feel like something is going to happen and you adjust the number because you're watching the game. Do you do that? Mm -hmm. Oh, you All do the time. Do regular traders that DraftKings hires off the street, are they doing that? I do not know how DraftKings does it. But I do yeah. know that our company, 100%, well, for football, you have to. For football, you have to make adjustments to the model based on what you're seeing on the screen. There's not enough plays. There's not enough data. Like, like okay. think about a college football. So college football, uh, so I, I wanted to make the point that, that you know, Either way, if you're betting that live line with eight minutes left, you're betting some jerk's opinion. <laughs> right, right. Whether you're betting my opinion or someone else's opinion, you're, you're betting basically one person's opinion or maybe zero people's opinion and a poorly made computer program. Whereas pregame, mm -hmm. you're betting against an entire community of people's opinion. Right. Right. That, so it's, it's, and that is way more robust. Right. So that's why it's harder to beat that. Right. So, but, so then, to your question of, um, but in college football, mm -hmm. those opinions, especially not on the major games, like not so much on Georgia, Tennessee, but like on, you know, like Alabama schools. state, whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Smaller right. school games. Right. Yeah. The lines, I mean, the betting market has an opinion, but everybody's throwing darts. I mean, no one really knows how good Alabama state is. Somebody it's not does. a thing. Nobody does. Nobody, nobody does. does. In my nobody. mind, I always nobody think does. There's somebody. Mm -mm. There's somebody. Who there's people who do research, but I mean, right. there's people who have informed, educated opinions, but nobody knows. It's impossible to know. So when you're making the lines, and you had, you you have a small company, Deck Prism, right? At, before right. Deck Prism. Um, joined forces with huddle deck prism right. was a smaller company so i'm guessing that you trust your traders like you can train them more intimately and you trust them better than DraftKings, who has ads out every week for new traders and they're paying them like 25 dollars an hour so those guys have to rely more on the model so this that, is i mean this is what i thought our competitive advantage was just, that's, yeah, what, that's exactly that. what I'm yeah that's where you yeah like i i think we crushed that i think our traders are awesome right. that's what i'm saying and, so. and super smart and and yeah but so, yeah that's what we trained them to. i mean that that was that's part of the job especially for football is you're watching a football game and yeah you have to have an opinion on what you're seeing you so know if if you're a betting syndicate and you you're a small betting syndicate, you're a group, and you're trying to beat this huge, uh, huge sports book. That's it's basically the same concept, right? You're going to train your guys, you guys are gonna, yeah, be, I mean, that's just it. We and, just, as well, and especially if you can reverse engineer what you're betting into, right? Like, the, to right. me, that's the, that's the key idea. This is again a lot of what the book's about mm -hmm. is understanding what you're betting into. What is that number? Where's that number come from? Right? Who made that number? Who made bears nine and a half? You know, who made the in-play bears nine and a half? There's and, two completely different answers to that. Right. And who's going and to react better? Who's going to who's, exactly react better? who's 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 if you if you bet on bears, mm -hmm. you know, during the third drive of the second quarter, does that have any effect on the line in the third quarter? Well, the answer changes depending on who's making that line. Right. Right. I mean literally right so you know it it's it's if you want to
speed to stuff for real, like you have to mm-hmm. think about where those the process that went into making those lines that you're betting into. Right. This so is, you've yeah. explained this so simply that I, anyone could understand this. Like I'm looking, I'm looking at DraftKings. I keep saying DraftKings, let's fan duel, whatever. They're paying twenty five dollars right. an hour to their trader. I want to go to the live lines and and focus on that versus these big books and they take action because these guys know less. Their opinions count for less. So they're relying on uh, numbers pre-made. Even if it's live, they're relying on data. They're relying on pre-made guesses more than a small company or small syndicate is. Right. And a lot of, and, and the other thing they do live, and again, I'm, I'm not referring to any specific sports book. I don't know how any specific sports book makes their lines in detail. Right. Okay. I know, I know, I don't work at those companies. I don't have inside information. I know I can only make assumptions based on what I observe reverse mm-hmm. engineering wise, like from the outside. And then, I mean, that's basically it. I can, I can watch the lines. The other thing is you can learn so much by watching the lines. I keep telling people, like, <laughs> if you want to learn how to do this, they yeah. sit there and watch the lines for like all day long, you know, it's- and, and you'll learn a lot. What should somebody be watching? Like someone's going to watch this, this interview, us talking, and you're right. saying, watch the lines. What are they watching for? So compare, okay. So so I would say like, go on a college football Saturday, mm-hmm. right? College football is great because there's a lot, there's a lot of errors that get made in, in college. College football is hard, okay? I want to make it clear. I'm not denigrating anyone's work. I, everyone who puts out all these sports books, you know, the ones you named, other ones, mm-hmm. like they're trying to do a good job. Mm-hmm. This is just hard. It is hard to watch 60 college football games and get lines up literally between every play mm-hmm. without – I mean, think about how hard that is. Think about yeah, how I, hard I that is. Right. It's absurd, right? It's kind yeah, of an no, absurd task, yeah. right? And so I just want to make that clear. Mm-hmm. But but given that it's hard, there's a lot of mistakes that get made, right? Mm-hmm. But you the mistakes are purely theoretical you can hear me say yeah they make mistakes and then you can listen to them be like yeah they make mistakes but like you'll you won't actually know what those mistakes look like unless you sit there on a saturday morning and watch the games so what kind of mistakes can you see you could see stale lines you could see lines get left up way longer than they should that's one thing you could see so you could have let's say you have three books up they have three large books again i'm not going to name brands but mm-hmm pick them you should anyone who does this should realize there are a few independent sources of these like say live lines right Mm -hmm. so so two sports books may have identical live lines because they come from the same place Mm -hmm. right so you you, what i'm suggesting is you find three that have different Mm -hmm. you just watch it and it's just the numbers are different they're not in sync it's i mean you could tell the same versus yeah so get three different ones and then just watch the games and there's differences in the way all three of them will behave some of them will be up more some of them will be suspended with a little lock more some of them will be sometimes two of them will be suspended and then one won't and guess what the one that's not is probably screwing up (laughs) like they shouldn't be up or like that you know like maybe a touchdown happened and the two reacted to it and pulled their lines down and the other one didn't like that happens all the time where there's an injury yeah that happens all the time where there's a key injury i mean 
think about think about how many college teams there are. You tell me who the important players are on Alabama State. I mean, tell me who they are. I, I can't. Of course not, right? <laughs> you, 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 there's, 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 Matt, Matt, Matt can. My partner, okay. Matt, Yeah. He he's a maniac. Yeah. He researches this like crazy. He mm-hmm. can tell you who's important on Alabama State. I cannot. Normal mm-hmm. people cannot. Traders that, you know, yeah. book XYZ, I'm sorry, yeah. they can't. Right. Uh-huh. They just no people this is not knowledge people have. So if they're watching an Alabama State game, this is especially true in college basketball. Mm-hmm. Right. In football, who's important? Well, the quarterback's probably important in football. Right. The quarterback's injured, you okay, figure it out. Yeah. Watch basketball game. Watch Alabama State play basketball. Some guy gets injured. You tell me if he's important. I got no idea if he's the good player or not. <laughs> Who knows? Nobody knows this stuff. Yeah. Right? Like literally nobody knows this stuff. Well, if you make it your job to know this stuff. Like, you can just win. Like, it's literally that easy. Like, if you make it your job to know who the important players are on all these basketball teams, and then you go watch college basketball, like, you can beat all these lines. Because you can keep track of that. How would someone, what would someone do with that information? I'm college basketball. I'm obsessed. I know all the players. I know who's important. I'm watching who keeps it up, who's changing the lines. Right. Now, what do I do with that information? So college basketball is trickier because all the books are going to know that their college basketball lines are not very good, the in-play ones. So they're not going to let you bet that that NBA, so, mm, that's harder because people know. Well, no, it's NBA's, you so, might have, there, there are probably opportunities in NBA. Yeah. There's probably opportunities, especially with rotations, especially if it's okay, nobody's like, you know, leg it snaps into on the floor you know it's not obvious that yeah. what's going on but somebody gets pulled out of this rotation the coach is not playing this guy that much that today you yeah. kind of know this mm-hmm. and that does not have to be in anyone's in play line that See, information this is dangerous territory for new betters because a lot of new betters think that they know their team well so that they it is beat the book because they know their team better than the book does so here's what I would say the rule of thumb is for live betting, Yeah. right? So earlier in the game, you're probably wrong if you have an opinion. <laughs> so like if it's if it's halfway through the first quarter, mm-hmm. the the in-play lines are probably right and your opinion is probably wrong unless mm-hmm. it's a really – unless something weird has happened. If something weird has happened, you could be right. Like for example, I remember – you know, I mean, in, I was watching a baseball game. I just happened to remember this situation. The starting pitcher went down with an injury in the beginning of the second inning. Mm-hmm. And he got yanked out. And then their long reliever, who was like way worse, came into the game. And I noticed someone didn't change their lines at all. Well, obviously, that's just a spot. Obviously a spot, right? Okay. Obviously yeah. a spot. Got Something it. weird happened, right? But if nothing weird has happened like that, like mm-hmm. nobody seriously went down injured. Then those live lines, the live lines are keyed off the the pregame lines. Right. So like there's a pregame line. That pregame line, I just I already said you're not beating that, right? Like Got if it. it's NBA, like you're not beating that. Mm-hmm. Right. If it's nets minus eight, you know, and that line has been price discovered in a market, like I'm sorry, unabated viewer, <laughs> you're losing if you bet into that. Got right. It. So then what if you try to bet the live line one minute into the game? Well, you're still losing. Why? 
because the person that made that line one minute into the game basically just has to take the pregame line and do some extremely simple math. Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe two points got scored. Okay. They add two mm-hmm. and then, and then it's, and then they repost the line, right? It's just, it's, 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 it's an extremely simple math problem early in the game mm-hmm. to go from pregame line to pregame line plus whatever has happened again, unless something really weird has happened. And, mm-hmm. that, and therefore, whatever the, the, therefore the pregame line is void. Like mm-hmm. if there's something that would void the pregame line. Okay. Right. But like uh, Aaron Rodgers getting hurt. Let's say. Exactly. Right. Exactly. But, but then the further you get into the game, mm. first of all, things happen that the pregame line starts to get voided, no matter the sport, mm-hmm. as you get into the game, I, especially in football. This is why watching football is so important. Football, especially college football, and those pregame lines, mm-hmm. they're just, they're just a lot of uncertainty in that. You can okay. just be wrong. Those lines are wrong. Okay. Will you know better before you watch the game? No, but after you watch the game, yes, right. you will know better, right? So, um, yeah, so the further you get into the game, the the less the 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 okay. less the efficient that that in the more that in game line is somebody's math equation, and the less it's based on that pregame line, right? right. And yeah, that math equation does does not have to be right at all. Now, the math equations for NBA are better. It's mm-hmm. easier to make a math equation for NBA than it is for football or even baseball. Even baseball. Why is that? Yeah. Well, in baseball, especially later in the game, because in baseball, the relievers matter a lot. Okay. At the end of a game. Yeah. So, like, who specifically is pitching in the eighth and ninth innings matters a lot. And if right. you know that, and the model doesn't, and some of these models don't, mm-hmm. then there's yeah, a spot. You can, there's a big advantage. Whereas in NBA, you know, it's sense. it's it's easier to make an NBA in play line than some of these other sports, um, relatively speaking. Yeah. This is so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I hope people watching this. Yeah. It's it's them. like it's very. It, if I had one takeaway, yeah, it would be this. It is very difficult to make in-play lines in football in the second half. The other thing that I point out in the book, which is which might shock people, but is definitely true, mm-hmm. is there's a half t- there's halftime markets in these sports. And we mentioned this in the book. Mm-hmm. So you got a halftime market. Say it's a college football game. It's the horn horned frogs with the example book because I like that too. <laughs> uh, and uh, you know the the halftime money line. They open the money line at sixty four percent. And it gets bet down to 60%. Okay, let's say that happens, right? How, why did that happen? Why was it 64%? At the beginning of halftime, it was 64% because some person went like mm-hmm. this and put 64% up, okay? After a minute, why is it 60%? It's 60% because the small handful of nerdy people who actually bet on this stuff at halftime bet it down to 60%, right? Mm-hmm. Who's right? They're right. Okay. Why did it get bad at 60%? I don't know. Maybe they ran more than they were supposed to in the first. There's various things that it could be for why it got bad, but it mm-hmm. got bad to that number, whatever. What the in-play comp- what the in-play lines will sometimes do so that so that all the books will then follow that because if mm-hmm. they didn't follow that, they get arbitraged, right? Like right, you can't right. just leave up 64% when 
someone's moved to 60s. You just can't, right? But then what will happen after the game starts back up and they put the mask machine back in charge, they will just forget about that line move. Oh, they'll like pick up it'll where just, they left off. It, they'll just pick up right where they left off. Oh, they just okay. ignore the information they got. Why do they do this? I don't know. I mean, it's just oversight, I guess. But that's a thing that happens. So I would definitely say second half in play football, college especially, but also NFL. Mm-hmm. And NFL is a bigger. They're going to be more tolerant of NFL action, mm-hmm. but the NFL edges will not be as big. But you but can the, get more. There's down. still plenty big, mm-hmm. but you could almost certainly get more down, and they'll almost certainly be more tolerant of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would look for that because there's it's, it's very hard to make models that price that stuff. And there's a ton of situational stuff that matters. And if you make it your job to understand the situational stuff, you probably can consistently find stuff without even having a model. I bet. I bet. Now, we, uh, my job has always been to write a model. So right. I've always went at this from I have a model. And how can I make my model better? But seeing the mistakes they make and seeing where the edges come from, I think you could figure some of this stuff out. You've been in this business for so long. You went from DFS to betting to starting a business. Eight, eight years. Not not that long, but yeah, eight years. Okay. And you come from a gambling background, though. You come do, from yeah. poker. So yeah. people have made fun of these big sports books for hiring math guys like out of college because they're good at math, but they don't really have the experience in the betting industry. So that has right. to, that has to be a real negative for them. I don't, I don't understand. No, I, I think people are too quick to make fun of people. Uh, I think we all, I we all have, no, I, this is, this is oh, kind okay. of my own personal ax to grind a little bit. I think, okay. I think people should be a little more tolerant, you know? Yeah. But yes, I agree. I agree that, I agree that, um, I love people who are good at math, <laughs> but yes, yeah, sometimes, sometimes young, young people who are good at math, but don't know sports and don't know gambling sometimes and don't know markets sometimes they don't know markets they get themselves into trouble because they don't understand that there are other smart people doing or that they don't understand right they don't understand how the betting industry works and they don't understand who's on the other side who's placing yeah and i think even somebody somebody listening to this interview will get something out of this even if they're the kind of person i just described because they're not thinking Maybe they're thinking this is a pattern I see a lot, especially in young people, especially in young people who are good at math Mm -hmm. is they, is they build a model Mm -hmm. and maybe they even back test it. I'm not a big fan of back testing. Um, They back test the model and the model says they would have won this much money. Pretends, pretends Glansky bucks or whatever. Right. (laughs) Right. And, and they, they think they're like the first smart person who ever made a model yeah and and they're not (laughs) they're really not yeah and and there's and if they get resistance you know on their bets like they're probably wrong they probably don't know why they're wrong they probably don't even understand that the thing that they're wrong about is a thing that they had to take into account like there's a learning curve there's a big learning curve and i i definitely think that you know knowing the sports stuff and especially knowing how gambling and markets work is a huge skill set in this and and if you don't have that part you can get 
right. um, overconfident in what you've done. Uh, I, I can yeah. see someone not working for a major sports book being, I hate to say passionate because it's about the numbers, but being more passionate and putting more work into their model than the guy who's working for a conglomerate. Um, I, I just, I, I mean, it's just, it's the, the, more attention. the stuff, the stuff is just tough. And if you get, if you don't understand, again, the important thing is to understand who's on the other side of it, who's making these numbers, where do the numbers mm -hmm. come from? Who's on the other side of these bets? If you get resistance, who's, giving you the resistance and why right. i mean I, I did you hear about the zillow thing do you know about zillow i know what zillow this, this, is. this blew my mind what zillow. so zillow yeah is this company they they have a model that prices homes right they're all they're wrong but go ahead okay well right exactly right but they they decided mm -hmm. they decided that they were the best in the world at pricing residential real estimate it's called the zestimate yes the zestimate the zestimate right yeah. so they they got all high and mighty about their zestimates and somebody and i don't know but somebody high up at their company decided mm -hmm. that they were going to monetize the the incredible sharpness of their zestimates okay by buying homes at a discount to the zestimate okay and then flipping them. <laughs> they're they trying decided, to they uh, decided hack the algorithm oh no they yeah they they were like we have a model yes <laughs> we could price homes better than anyone else yeah. so we're gonna buy every house we could buy that's underpriced mm -hmm. according to our model mm -hmm. and we're gonna flip it and sell well that didn't turn out so good <laughs> they, got, they got buried really billions of dollars. well yeah because it's all yeah. adverse selection yeah right they, they they only get sold to houses where they're wrong even if their model's great, right, even right. Even if the, even even if their model's perfect on ninety nine percent of the houses, mm -hmm. the one percent of the time they're wrong, that's exactly the house they're gonna get sold. Oh, that's so <laughs> and, so, and so they got sold all these bum houses that were that they were overvaluing for whatever reason. I yeah. don't know. I couldn't tell you why. I'm not a real estate person, but this is, I, I could have told you that this was going to happen. Somebody, <laughs> completely predictable. Yeah. And yeah, they got sold all the houses that their model overvalued, and then they couldn't move them. And then they ended up with this huge inventory of houses they couldn't sell. And the, meanwhile, they were paying interest on. And yeah, they took an enormous, like, like 10 figure bath on this. Uh, is is Denver. that what it was? Zillow was buying homes. They would call you. Yes, that's that's, that's what, exactly it what it was. That's what it was. They 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 thought their model was going to price homes better than the the local realtors were. It doesn't take much to tell them what you just said in like one yeah. sentence and why this won't work, but yet nobody. Oh, nobody listens. Absolutely, I could I could have walked into Zillow headquarters and yeah. said your plan is absolutely stupid, and let me tell you why. Yeah. And I could have said just that, yeah. and then they would have laughed me out. That's what would have happened. And then they would have gone and lost their billion dollars. Before we go, I have another question. Uh -huh. Do you feel, have you thought that your books, they're educating the public, which I think is really good because the public is getting slaughtered, betting sports. Have you right. thought about that? Have you thought, oh, I'm doing something good. Has that crossed your mind? Yeah. I mean, that's, the, I, I mean, honestly, I mean, I'm, I want people to sell the, buy the book, but like, you know, I mean, I'm, how much money am I going to make selling a book? Not that much, right. honestly. You know, yeah. I mean, I wrote the book because I want pe I want people to know if they're going to bet sports. I want them to know what's in this book. 
Does that make sense? Like, yeah, I, think it's, I think it's fair. I, I, the book is not, you know, it's a secret modeling sauce. It's right. not. So, so I don't want to like oversell it that way. You're not going to get the book and hear how I solved the problem of trying to make live lines on, like I solved that problem for a company that makes lines and that's mm -hmm. not in the book. Right. And that's intentionally not in the book, but uh, what is in the book is, is sort of higher level information about who's in this business, mm -hmm. where the lines come from, how does this all fit together? You know, how do you look at a menu and say, okay, these are the ones I should be trying to beat. These are the ones I shouldn't be trying to beat. This mm -hmm. is how I should be thinking about how to beat that stuff is all in the book. Like, like if, if you watch this conversation and you thought the conversation was interesting, then the book is definitely for you. For right. Sure. Maybe logic of sports betting was more educational, I guess. Yeah, for sure. It was more educational, but that, that stuff, it helps because I, I see people getting fleeced and I see people, younger people betting for fun and if they have no clue whatsoever, the difference right. between minus one forty, minus one twenty, you're just you're getting destroyed. You're you know your hobby. Yeah, I want people to understand right. what they're getting into. Right, like, right, right. like it's like you know, it, like I do think to some extent the modern sports books. There's some parallel with carnival games, you know, with like the, you know, the like climb the rope ladder and then you'll win the plushie, and then the trick <laughs> is like it's. It's impossible to climb the rope ladder, but it's not impossible to climb the rope ladder. There's a trick to it. Most people just don't know the trick. Right. But there is a trick. I don't know what the trick is, but I know there is one because I've known people who could just climb those things. And and then, you know, and then they let you win one plushie. And then if you try to do it again, they tell you to get and lost. They back you up. <laughs> <laughs> right. You, you know, a huge bear. Yeah, exactly. Right. You know, and it's I see a lot of parallels. And I, I do think it's fair that, like, I don't think if you're going to go over there and, like, spend five bucks and try to climb the rope ladder and fail, I think that's fine. I don't think anyone's doing it. If, you, if you're going to try it a hundred times, I think someone should tap you on the shoulder and say, hey. Let me tell you, there's a little trick to this. Right. <laughs> Let me kind of tell you how this works. This is not, you know, and then you can decide if you want to keep playing the game or not, you yeah. know. And to me, that's kind of where I'm coming from with the book because it's like it's that little tap on the shoulder that says, "Hey, this is what you're up against. This is what, sense. this is yeah. how this works." And you know, right? No, and I really, what you do I with like the information that. is up to you. Cool. Just information is power. That's yeah. that's true. And math. And math. Thank you so much to Ed for sitting down with us for this week's episode. And if you want to pre-order his new book, Interception, The Secrets of Modern Sports Betting, use the link in the description of this video below. And of course, as always, head to unabated.com and stick with us for next week's episode when we're back to our regularly scheduled programming. Thank you so much. Best of luck. And as always, let's cash those tickets.